This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. Money is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And we're moving right along. We've only got last week it was three. Mm-hmm. And how numbers work, I don't know if you know how they work, Mark. But as you go through things, they go down in value. They we could have, go up. We have two left. Two divisions left. Both of them on the east side of our great country. Yeah, uh, also known as the least side of the country. Oh. The AFC is not least. The AFC is still the East. It's the NFC that we like to dub always the NFC least. least. They could all be ten win teams mm-hmm. somehow, and it's still it the would NFC still be the least. NFC least. It doesn't matter. Always going to be the NFC least for the onside. The kick. NFC least to me. And if you guys are new to the podcast, how we do this is. If you're on SoundCloud, it is the podcast all the way through. If you're on YouTube, you're going to get it in parts. We're going to look at each team and how they finished in the division. For this one, it's Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Redskins in that order. Then we'll give our predictions at the end. And let's jump in right into it. We're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys. And the thing I like to do is I like to look at what the teams gained and what the teams lost. And if we look at free agency... They didn't really gain a lot. They just lost a lot. Greg Hardy's not on this team. That's why we're actually going to be able to talk about the Cowboys because they're, oh, what am I going to call it? The silent treatment that I was giving them for when they had Greg Hardy on this team it has was less, been lifted. Less silent treatment and more just uh, you put them at the very bottom well, of our power rankings every week. Well, it's not just that. If you noticed anything about me personally— I wasn't going to give them any kind of publicity as long as he was on the team. That that means talking about them whatsoever. Then they also lose Danny McRae, Tyler Klutz, and Jeremy Mincy are the top ones. They're big additions, though. I mean, they bring over Benson Mayoa from Oakland, Cedric Thorson from the Eagles, Alfred Morris comes in from the Redskins. Names that I go... Okay, the biggest addition, though, they got through the draft, and that's Ezekiel Elliott, because to me, that is the most promising, I want to say. Not promising, maybe the most thing I'm excited for this season is you kind of have a rebuilding of what the Cowboys used to be in the 90s. They had Emmett Smith, they had Aiken, they had Irving on the outside. Well, now you've got Des Bryant, you've got Tony Romo, you got Ezekiel Elliott, because I don't care if your name is Run DMC, get out of here, McFadden. You are not the starter in D-Town. It is all about Zeke Elliott and the crop top. Yeah, they have a couple of good veterans out there uh, in Darren McFadden and, of course, Alfred Morris. That's going to be that's gonna be very good, I think, to kind of get Ezekiel Elliott going. Uh, I don't know if he's really going to need help you know, adjusting to the NFL or anything, but at least if he struggles a little bit, you got two proven guys who can go out there, the veterans, and they can get some of those yards and let Ezekiel Elliott kind of find his feet, find his footing. But I, you know, this team just two seasons ago with a great running back were moments away from getting themselves into a Super Bowl. That was the year they should have done it. Now they're still here, still got Des Bryant, still got the best offensive line, 
in football. Still got Tony Romo. Still, well, not still, but now have Ezekiel Elliott. So still having a great running attack. This is a team that once again can go right back into the Super Bowl. Ignore the four-win season that they just mm-hmm. had. That was a fluke of injuries. Well, and that's it. They're they, here. They're it back. It was just because of injuries. That's why they had that, like you said, that fluke of last season. And I'm going to go a step further. I don't think it was a fluke. They just got, uh, I'm going to take the blame for it because I kind of predicted them to go to the Super Bowl. And when that usually happens. And Andrew Luck as well. What happens? What they get what, hurt. What happens when I pick teams to go to the Super Bowl? They get hurt. They usually get hurt. I mean, it's been the Bears, I want to say, me and Dave were just talking about it. I want to say it had to be like two or three years ago because it was when Dave was still on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And it was me, you, and him. I still remember like it was yesterday because you picked the Saints. I want No, I had the Bears and the Saints. You had the Patriots going to the Super Bowl. I had the Bears beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl, I think. No, it was no, Bears-Ravens. Bears-Ravens. Had the Bears winning the Super Bowl. That was the year Jay Cutler just had a tremendously bad season. Mm-hmm. The Bears didn't go anywhere. Well, it was Tressman's last season. Yeah. And as we all remember. The stank. When, when Mark Tressman has that last year somewhere. The stank. It's not too pretty. Um, so these Dallas Cowboys, they're just set to go right back in. I mean, obviously with Tony Romo being hurt, with Des Bryant being hurt for a long time, this this passing attack was mm-hmm. useless. It didn't exist last year. So getting these guys back, it's going to be great. The run game's going to be back to form of what it was just two seasons ago. They still had this great offensive line. We did learn that you can't just put anybody behind the offensive line. Uh, that was the kind of original thought mm-hmm. in Dallas last year. But getting Ezekiel Elliott, the best running back, this was the right move for them. This is exactly what they needed. It's going to be... Such a dangerous attack because Tony Romo will have all the time in the world to throw the ball. And Ezekiel Elliott will have this great line to move behind who's just going to clear guys out of his way. And then people have, people struggle to stop the guy anyways. So it's going to be interesting. Um, my one thing that I would be kind of concerned about with the Dallas Cowboys, just those injuries again. Des Bryant's older. Tony Romo are, uh, is older as well. So it's kind of hard to bounce back from those injuries, unlike when they were earlier in their season when Tony Romo was getting injured all the time and kept coming back. Mm-hmm. It's a little harder to do that now. So I, I would be concerned of if he slows down a little bit. And Dak Prescott, I, I don't want to see him going and taking no, the field. No, you don't. I don't want to see Kellen Moore do it either. Um, didn't we see Kellen Moore for one game last season? Is yes. that what it was? That, I, it might have been half of one. I believe that was the one where... Either him or Castle started it, and then the mm-hmm. other one finished it. Yeah, we don't want to see that. We don't want to see that again at all. Uh, so, you know, luckily they don't have Brandon Whedon on the team, though. Mm-hmm. And the biggest question, besides the injuries, because if this team can stay healthy, it's all about this defense to me. And I'm looking right now at powerfootballfocus.com, and they, they're kind of going through the rankings, and... They rank the quarterback 13th, running back 10, not so bad. Receiving core 15, okay, I'll take it. Offensive line number one. But then you get to the defense. The front seven, they rank them as 24th. And then the secondary, 30th. That ain't too good. No. That's not too good at all. 
No, it's not. I mean, they got you know they got some good guys out there. They've got uh, they got Claiborne, got Orlando Sandrick out there. Mm-hmm. They've got weapons here um, that can help. But I I don't think. I mean, what they were kind of looking for with Greg Hardy was that monster of a player, that guy that nobody could stop. Uh, and Greg Hardy, as terrible a person as he is, he had that mentality. He had that type of, uh, you know, that type of playing style. So these Cowboys, they really need somebody to be that guy to step up, to be that unstoppable monster. Whether it's going to be a linebacker, whether it's going to be a pass rushing defensive end, they need something. But at the same time, remember this defensive coordinator, Rod Marianelli. This man's all about the turnovers. Well, and you know all about uh, Rob Marinelli because yeah. he used to be with the Bears. And we can all, you know, appreciate this today. Uh, you know, when Peanut Tillman, as we're recording on Tuesday, decided to retire yesterday on what Monday. What a great way to retire, though. Do you see the video? Yeah, how he's he a, retired. Yeah, Pete. Uh, Peanut was always kind of the class act of the NFL. I think it was multiple times that he won or at least was in the, the running Walter for Payton. the— Yeah, he was yeah. in the running for the Walter Payton all the time. So it's just a complete class act, and it was just fun to watch all those highlights because most of them he was in a Bears uniform. The, made you feel good. The Peanut Punch. Yeah. Uh, so this is a team where Rod Marinelli wants to take the ball mm-hmm. from the opposing team— uh, more so than he wants to, you know, I, I would say more so than he wants to be some of those other teams like a mm-hmm. Von Miller, where it's just constantly getting to the quarterback. Yes, he would love to do that, but what Rod Marianelli's teams have been known for is taking the ball away. Yeah, and the one the one person I look at to be that pass rusher that you talked about, the guy that, that Jerry Jones was hoping— that Greg Hardy would be last season is Randy Gregory. However, the thing about Gregory, you're not going to see him for the first four games this season. He's suspended. However, that means I look at those first four games, New York at home, Washington on the road, Chicago, and then at San Fran. If I'm coming out 2-2 and in those games, maybe a win over New York, a win at San Fran and a lose two in the middle. I'm happy with that. Obviously, you'd want to be three and one or four and zero, oh, but I don't think that's going to happen with Randy Gregory out because I think that a guy like Jay Cutler can at least make you pay to lose. Kirk Cousins, I'm going to give him kind of some respect, and then Eli can always be Eli unless he decides to give you the game like he did to Dallas mm-hmm. early last season. But the last thing I wanted to touch on with the Cowboys before we move on into the G-Men, is Tony Romo. Because Romo is, I thought about this today. If you are a Cowboy fan that is thinking, man, Romo's past his prime, we need to get somebody new, I'm going to throw this out there for you. You want to know the big news coming out of Denver today, Mark? Denver or Dallas? Denver. Okay. Guess who they're saying would most likely, if the season started today, be the starting quarterback for the Broncos. I got to think it's Mark Sanchez. No, it's Trevor Simeon. That's awful. And the way I think of it is, if you're looking at Tony Romo thinking, man, he could be a lot better, especially in some playoff games, you could have Trevor Simeon. 
You could just, just think about that for a second. You could have just drafted you somebody could have in the Tre- first round yeah. and have him lose yeah. to Trevor Simeon. Yeah. You could have Trevor Simeon as your quarterback. So you got to be thankful there. And I was listening to Colin Cowherd today during my lunch, and he was talking about his five tiers of NFL quarterbacks. And the way he described Tony Romo was as close to the first tier as possible without being in that first tier. And here's how he explained the tiers. The first tier were stars in their prime. He had four of them. He had Andrew Luck, he had Cam, he had Aaron Rodgers, and he had Russell Wilson. Tier number two were stars that were out of their prime. This is the guys like Tom Brady, Romo, Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, Carson Palmer, Eli Manning. Tier three, close, but never stars. This is your Jay Cutler, your Matt Ryan, your Alex Smith, your Joe Flacco's, your Matty Stafford's. Then you have the stars that could be. You've got Jameis, you've got Marcus, you've got Bridgewater, you've got Bortles, you've got Derek Carr. And then there's his fifth where he called, he called them fool's gold, where that's your Brock Oswell or your Ryan Tannehill, your Andy Dalton, and then he had one more that I can't remember that was Dalton, Tannehill, Osweiler, and I think like Kaepernick or something or somebody. And Mm -hmm. I think he might have left off the 49er quarterback, to be honest with you. But I look at Romo and I think think about what he said. Close to being that first tier without actually being in the first tier. And I go, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like he, to me, it would be if he, if, if he won a Super Bowl like Joe Flacco did, we're putting we're putting Tony Romo in the top tier in the oh, first sure. tier of quarterbacks. Definitely, yeah. I think um, it's that's always been the one gripe that people have with Tony Romo is the choke. You know, the guy can't mm-hmm. get over that hump. And there's a lot of people that couldn't get over the hump. I mean, obviously everyone brings up Dan Marino. He's mm-hmm. the the guy who didn't get the ring. He's the ultimate can't get over the humper. Exactly. So, you know, in this situation, I'm not super, I don't know. I, I don't hold it against Tony Romo that much because Tony Romo constantly is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Uh, especially if you just want to look at QBR, he's going to be one of the best for sure. I I don't know. It's just, it's not completely his fault. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the best. Well, he has to deal with Jerry Jones, so that's not good. Uh, I mean, I don't want to just use last year as the example, but you were talking about defense, you know, and how they were bad. Uh, one of the absolute worst, thirtieth in interceptions, twenty five in uh, in sacks, and then of course forced fumbles. They were thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And those are things that Rod Marinelli's teams are supposed to be good at. Um, we've asked this question last season, actually, if there should be coaching changes. And Jason Garrett still holds on to that job. I mean, Rod Marinelli, you see it here. This defense is terrible at the things he they're supposed to be mm-hmm. good at. You know, uh, a guy like Lovey Smith. I think Marinelli would be gone before Jason Garrett. I think the whole thing should be gone I, if they don't go to the playoffs. If they don't win the division, that, everybody should be gone. I think that Jerry Jones is too loyal to Jason Garrett. I think it's kind of like a thing that we're seeing here in Chicago with the Bulls where Garpax, they're going to stick around forever because Reinsdorf is one of the most loyal guys ever and mm-hmm. won't oust a guy because he's that loyal to him. I think that's what we get I with just, Jerry Jones and uh, Jason Garrett. This, this coaching staff, you know, they're doing fine. Um, it's just that... 
if you don't go to a Super Bowl, this team has been ready and been in the discussion mm-hmm. for years. Even before Jason Garrett really became the head coach when he mm-hmm. took that job. Um, if they don't at least win the division this year, there's got to be something different. You know, there's got to be some kind of change. You don't have much left out of Tony Romo. I think you have to look at it like Denver looked at John Fox. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they said John Fox wasn't going to actually win this Super Bowl. So we got to get rid of him and get Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak will be the guy to do it, and Gary Kubiak was the guy to do it. I think you might have to look at something because this roster is set. They're good. Defense needs some work, but maybe you get a guy in there who can make that defense better. I mean, imagine this team if John Fox went there instead of Chicago. Mm-hmm. John Fox immediately got that defense playing better. Not great, better. And then got defensive players to come a, in and there And he gets the a better year. quarterback in Tony Romo than Jay Cutler. They would be, I mean, without a doubt, this year, we're already kind of talking about Super Bowl mm-hmm. champion uh, Dallas Cowboys here, potentially. But without a doubt, they are one of the favorites in the NFC. Not the favorite, but one of the favorites. Because they still already are pretty close to it. And I like how you're bringing up the Jason Garrett hot seat kind of already. Because the one thing you got to think about is if you can't get it done this year, how long are you going to have Tony Romo? Because right now... He's 36. He just turned 36, actually. So for this entire football season, he's going to be the age of 36. What, you may get him for, what, two more good years, possibly four more years overall? I mean, he could be, like, the injuries is key to be, like, how long is he going to play? But generally, I kind of use the Brett Favre model of, is he going to go till he's 40? You -hmm. could possibly have him for another four years, but... How many good years are you going to still have left of Tony Romo? For sure. I mean, this is not a team that's set up to pull, once again, to Mm -hmm. bring up the Denver Broncos. They're not a team with a good defense that can carry an aging Mm -hmm. quarterback to that Super Bowl. They don't have that. That's not the luxury. Tony Romo is the strength. The offense is the strength. If if these injuries keep up, it's not going to look good for this team. And the last thing I want to mention about Tony Romo, kind of go off of, a stat that you kind of pulled a little bit where you said that one of the people's biggest gripes is Tony Romo can't get it done in the big games, man. He cannot get it done. He's, what, two wins in playoff games over his career in D-Town? The way I see it is exactly like Cowherd said it today on his show. You're pulling a stat. I could come and hit him with the stat that Cowherd came up with. With Yeah, he's only got two wins in the playoffs. But he's also got the best QBR of any quarterback in the fourth quarter. So mm-hmm. on both sides, you can kind of pull those stats. And another thing to look at is they came how close to going to, what was it, the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl when they lost to Green Bay? I want to say that was a divisional round game where it was a catch by Des Bryant, mm-hmm. but the refs don't know what a catch is anymore because the league's all... Uh, all up in arms about what a catch is and what's not a catch, and nobody knows what a catch is anymore. And Des Bryant caught the ball, and it wasn't a catch. So think about that. They were that close from going on into that season and possibly going to the Super Bowl. Well, let's move on into the New York football giants and some of the big free agency losses. Josh Brown no longer with the team. Prince of Makamura, he is now in Jacksonville. You've got Jeff Schwartz is now with... The Lions, Brandon May, uh, Merriweather, Danny Aikens is gone. 
some of the big names. Some of the guys they gain. Damon Harrison coming over from the Jets. Janoris Jenkins coming over from the Rams. Uh, Olivier, Olivier Vernon coming over from the Miami Dolphins. Some of the big, big, big guys coming over. I forgot Robert Ayers. He is now in Tampa Bay. And then if you look at their draft, their big draft picks, yeah, they get Sterling Shepard, the wide receiver that I like that I think can develop into a number two on the opposite side of OBJ. But the big pick for them is going with a cornerback, 10th overall with Eli Apple. Now you got an Eli on the defensive side and an Eli on the offensive pretty side. Pretty elite team. With Coach McAdoo coming in, this is his first season as head coach. What are you thinking about the G-Men in 2016? Well, I think that there was a lot of kind of these these they let games get away. They really did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can blame some of that on this defense, which definitely was by far not the strong part of this team. They gave up more points than almost everybody. But this was a great offense, and that's why McAdoo is the head coach of the team right now because this offense was so great, and that was his offense. We talked about it each year. When was Tom Coughlin going to go? When was mm-hmm. he going to get the king? Finally happened. But we the one thing that's most important to think about with the New York Giants, 11 games were lost by a touchdown or less. 11 games. That's a lot. That's a ton. So many. And they got off to that rocky start in Dallas. That set the pace for the whole season. From there, it essentially was done. They lost so many games based on their own merit. I mean, I'm looking at it now. You've got Dallas, Atlanta, New Orleans, which was a high-scoring game. You lose by a point to the Patriots. You lose by six to Washington. That's five right there. Overtime loss to the Jets is six. Carolina and um, Philly. That's a ton of one-score losses. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's ridiculous how this team was able to not only let teams score all over them, but this is, a you know, Eli Manning's out there. You got OBJ. This team should be set up to, you know, go head-to-head with anybody. Mm-hmm. That's what this, you know, that's what the New York Giants are supposed to be. The problem is they just didn't, you know, I don't know if I want to completely put it at the mental ability there, but they just weren't able to do it. That's why the coaching change happened because they're saying Tom Coughlin is not getting out of these players what we need mm-hmm. to get. We need somebody else to do it because you just, I mean, 11 games lost by a touchdown or less. You start to flip some of those games around. I mean, you can't flip all of them around, well, but all of a sudden this team is not a, well, I guess it's 10, yeah, I don't 10 think not 11. What I was going to say it's is suddenly not a horrible, horrible team. I don't think it's 11. I think it's eight of them were lost by a score of one. Mm-hmm. Three of them, three of their wins were one score games. That'll so I do think it. it's 11 total. Yeah. Three of those, though, you're three and eight in one score, one score games mm-hmm. last season, which is not you good. You start to flip some of those around. Even if you won half of those, you suddenly you're a 10 playoffs. and 16. You can maybe make the playoffs then. and. The big question for me moving forward... Well, they would have won their division if yeah, they won half. They would, they would have won the division if they won half. But the big question for me with this team moving forward, and I kind of hate that I'm going to throw this question out there, but this is another team where, I mean, just like Tony Romo with the Cowboys, when do you start to think of, 
okay, we got to start to win now because how many years is e- Elite Manning? Sorry, mm-hmm. I forgot to say his name correctly. How many years is Elite Manning going to be with the Giants? I'm not saying he goes anywhere. I'm just saying until he hangs it up and says, you know what, I'm going to follow my brother to the golf course. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Um because he's he can't have, yeah, he's he only can't a have year that younger much than Romo left in him. But this is a team that that's what they're trying to do. They are trying to win now. Just like you know the Dallas Cowboys, they've got a great explosive offense. Mm-hmm. They mirror the Dallas Cowboys pretty well in the sense of, hey, you got a great wide receiver, one of the best. You've got a great quarterback. Running game is pretty damn good as well. Not as good as D-Town, though. No, of course. Not as good as D-Town. But the thing that is going to hurt the Giants more so than what is the best advantage Mm -hmm. to the Dallas Cowboys, offensive line. Offensive line in New York is not that great. It is definitely not that great. They need some work there. It's going to pressure Eli Manning, and when you pressure Eli Manning, you get to him pretty quick. The man throws interceptions like nobody else. He loves to throw interceptions, um, so that's just the that's the kind of issue that I would have for them when mm-hmm. I think of how they can do better. Eli Manning last year was like right in the middle of quarterbacks, not bad, not great, just right in the middle. Yet he threw tons and tons of intercept. I mean, tons and tons of touchdowns last year. Pretty sure he threw a lot of interceptions too, and but I tons mean, of touchdowns. And I'm looking at their schedule right now. And I don't think I'm I'm gonna go into the favor of the schedule holders didn't do them any favors because they have the perfect buy to me, week eight. Oh, what a great buy. Towards the middle of the season, you've got seven. It's not quite your got, week nine. It's but not it's quite nice. your week nine, but like if you have eight, nine, ten, those are or maybe not nah, eight, ten's nine, a little ten. much. Yeah, maybe eight or nine. Eight or mm. nine is your sweet spot. And I look at their first half of the year. It's going to be tough. Dallas is going to be tough. Washington's going to be tough. Minnesota and Green Bay both on the road. Oh, by the way, that Dallas game is on the road too. And then the Ravens, I'm going to they're a question mark to me cuz which Ravens team are we going to see? I'll only give them 3 wins. Saints, Ravens and Rams are the only 3 wins that I'm giving you for sure going into your bye. If you go, what, that would be three and four into that bye? That's not good. you got to steal a game against the Redskins, steal a game against the Cowboys, maybe against the Packers or the Vikings. Because that second half, how are the Eagles going to do this season with a new coach? You play the Redskins again. You've got Pittsburgh on the road. Cleveland, I'll give you that one because they're the Browns, the Bears. Bears usually are not the Bears, but teams in John Fox's second year tend to make Super Bowl runs in his second year. So mm-hmm. you've got that going for you. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, you've got the Bengals as well. So I think because of how loaded that second half is, you have to capitalize on the first half. Yeah, I mean, this team, the key to success for the New York Giants really are shootouts. Mm-hmm. they got to win the shootouts. Mm-hmm. They can't be having these games where they're losing you know, by three points, by two points. When it comes to, I mean, a game like, you know, the Vikings, defense is too good. But a team like the Cowboys, you can go toe-to-toe. 
even let the I know people say that we undervalue the Packers defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't agree. I think we value them perfectly. Well, you uh, want to know what I say to that? Fuck the Packers. That's you what I can say go, to that. The the Giants can go toe to toe with them offensively. Mm-hmm. You know, they can do it against these lesser teams. I think they'll be fine against Andy Dalton and the Bengals. They can go toe to toe with them. The Bears, that defense, you know, they'll be able to put a lot of pressure on him, but still they can probably go toe to toe with Chicago's offense. They're a better offense than Chicago's for mm-hmm. sure. But they'll go toe to toe just fine. Uh you know, they just have to not make the mistakes. I mean, I know that's obvious. John Madden's showing up again this week. That's really well, obvious, we'll but you see, have to we'll not make you got these here dumb the, decisions. The tur the turduncan here and uh, yeah. boom. Exactly. That's a bad Madden. I apologize for that. That is a bad man. That was just terrible, man. You that tried was though. Terrible. You tried and I'm proud I, of you. I tried my best. Uh not all of us could do the uh, the good Madden impersonations, but yeah, for me, it's it's how's this offense going to go up against some of the defenses? Because you look at it, capitalize on Dallas; their defense is weak. You've now got Josh Norman on that Redskin team. Oh, guess what? Your uh, your your main wide receiver is a little bit of a thing with Josh Norman. Something about a a metal baseball bat, I believe, was said during that game. Minnesota's got a good defense. Green Bay, let's give their defense some credit, I guess. The Bears have a good defense. The Steelers have a good defense. These teams have good defenses. Even the Bengals have a good defense. So it's all about... It's. Uh, I want to agree with you with the shootout comment of just score more points. Basic John Madden. That's the, way they're try- that's the way they're trying to build this team. However, one of the big questions is what is Olivier Vernon going to bring to this team? Because we haven't touched him yet. Yeah, well, the, the whole defense is a mystery because it's just a free-for-all of spending money. I mean, he his JPP? contract his contract alone you know, eats up a huge mm-hmm. amount of the money that's spent on this defense. But they basically went with the mentality that usually doesn't work of – Hey, we got this one thing that's good. Let's just buy the other thing. At least enough to where we have you know the ability to compete because mm-hmm. they really could not compete on defense last year. They really couldn't. So going forward with this, I don't know. I'm nervous about the thought of we just kind of bought this and we're going to hope it goes well. I mean, Vernon is a monster. Pair him up with JPP, which yeah, I mean, well, he, I mean, he wasn't as productive last year because he had some obvious issues last of, year. As of right now, I'm looking at rlads.com, which I like to use for the NFL depth charts. They've got JPP second behind Vernon. Which right? I, I think would make sense, the thought of it, just because of last year was a down year and he was, wasn't was there for a chunk of it. I don't, I don't doubt that. And I mean, I'm not even going to try to butcher this name but right now on the defensive line they've got vernon matched up with i'll try to say his first i'm name. not gonna try it. i'm gonna try it oh 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 wambi that's his first name that last name i'm not even gonna try to touch they've got him matched up with that mm-hmm. so giants fans let me know the pronunciation down below because that's a bunch of mouth puke to me but i mean janoris jenkins and uh you know mm-hmm. roger cromarty well and look at that i mean you bring in i mentioned Damon Harrison. Mm-hmm. Right now, looks like he's going to start on the line. He's a free agent that you brought in. Janoris Jenkins another one. He's a free agent that you brought in. Olivier Vernon, he's a free agent that you brought in. JT Thomas, I believe, is a free agent 
that they brought in. They have a ton of free agents on this line, so it's kind of like what you said. Let's buy ourselves a defense and then hope that the offense we have in place with McAdoo at the helm now can be enough to win some more games this season. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe in that mentality because usually when you mm-hmm. just start buying players, the chemistry is just what's not there. There's too many u- unique guys, too many new guys thinking about what they did somewhere else and who they were playing with somewhere else. It's hard to mesh that together. Mm-hmm. It can work sometimes, and maybe this is the time, but when you're going to start, you know, four, five, six new guys who are just elsewhere, it's just hard to get that mentality going. It really is, but... You know, if they can just perform admirably and then this offense goes and just does what they're built to do, which is go head-to-head and shoot out with teams, they can actually compete for the division. I think a lot of people are kind of... Writing them off? Yeah, just right off the bat because last year, you know, they only won six games and they weren't that great. They got a new head coach. They're rebuilding this defense, which was bad last year. A lot of people are just saying, no, it's not going to happen. Give them a year or two. I think they can do it. I think they can compete to win this division because anyone really can compete to win the division. It's the NFC least after all. Can't forget that. And it all depends on what the next two teams we're going to look at kind of look like. And let's move on into the Philadelphia Eagles. Also, Victor Cruz. Just want to mention him. Victor Cruz. You got to uh, mention him. That's all. With the G-men. But with the Eagles, some big off-season moves. First off, DeMarco Murray. Trade him away. He's now in Tennessee. D'Amico Ryan's got cut from this team. They go ahead and keep Sammy Bradford, but they lose guys like Biggers. You've got Cedric Thornton, like I said, is now in D-Town. Walter Thurman is now gone. Riley Cooper is now gone. Thaddeus Lewis is now playing for Chip Kelly in Philadelphia. Guys they bring in, though, and these are the key guys. Brandon Brooks, they bring him over from Houston. You got Rodney McLean, he's coming over from the Rams. You've got McKelvin coming over from the Bills. You got Wislewski coming over from Jacksonville. Ron Brooks coming in from the Bills. You've got Chris Givens. You've got Good. You've got Jones. You've got Wubin Randall coming over from the Giants. Yeah, I said that right. I know it's Reuben Randall. I just like to say Wubin Randall. But. You bring in all these guys, and then you go ahead and make the big— well, is it the biggest splash or the second biggest splash of the draft by trading up to the second pick in order to get Carson Wentz? And that's where I want to start this discussion for the Eagles. Mark, you got Sammy Bradford, you got Carson Wentz. What are you doing if you're in Philly? I'm torn because you— Not only are you drafting somebody second overall, Mm -hmm. but you're trading up to draft this guy second overall. You're giving up a ton for that. So in that mindset, you kind of think, all right, we gave up all all this for this guy. Kind of have to start him, right? But he's not ready to go. You don't have to start him. He's not ready to go. He needs the time. You've got Sam Bradford, who's capable, uh, and then you got Chase Daniels, who for some reason you <laughs> traded for. And he uh, came over in free agency. Uh, free agency. He, didn't he trade followed for him. now head coach Doug Peterson over from yeah, KC. He wanted him, mm-hmm. um, is what I was thinking. So I, I, just, I just don't know. I really don't know how to feel about that. Because I feel like you have to go Sam Bradford. 
but it's just not going to be good enough. You know, he can be average. He's not going to win these things. He starts messing mm-hmm. up or he gets hurt, and then you got Chase Daniel. That's your guy. That's your starting quarterback. The guy is not a starting quarterback. So Carson Wentz is not in the best situation here. The Philadelphia Eagles are not in the best situation here. They lost a lot of pieces with Chip Kelly's whole experiment mm-hmm. for three years. Uh, this defense is trying to rebuild. They got a lot of new guys, you know, with the defense, guys who I'm just, I don't know. There's nothing about this team that I'm really sold on. That's really what it comes down to. They're not terrible. They're average to bad is where I would put them at. So I don't think it matters if you start Bradford. I don't think it matters if you start Carson Wentz. I just don't think you're going to win that many games. Well, to me, quarterback is the big question. And I kind of, I'm like you, I'm torn on this, this this decision because, yeah, you have Bradford. Yeah, you have Peterson coming in who's an offensive-minded head coach. However, you don't trade up for that quarterback spot at number two unless you're going to start him the entire first season. I know what you're probably saying, Ricky, but he's not ready. Why start him when you have a guy like Sammy Bradford? Fine. Go ahead and start Sammy Bradford. I'm not here making the case to start Carson Wentz for the entire first season. I actually think that he probably should sit because one of the guys, and I know this is kind of flash in the pan, only one example, Aaron Rodgers didn't play his first year. Mm -hmm. Look at how he turned out. Now, of course, they didn't trade up to get Aaron Rodgers. I know, but I'm just saying, set out that Mm -hmm. first year. Carson Wentz isn't nowhere near Andrew Luck either, who's going to come in so day one. So he is one. near Andrew Luck? Well, he's nowhere near Andrew Luck is <laughs> what I'm go. saying. Did I, did I say he was? You I said, meant, no, you said he's not nowhere near Andrew Luck. He's nowhere near Andrew <laughs> Luck. That's what I'm trying to say. I just want a grammar not Yeah, I know. Where he's not going to come in day one and go, boom, I'm here. No, not at all. And just show up the entire league winning rookie of the year face of a franchise. But I feel like this Philly offense just – isn't going to be good enough to win games. Even though the defense mm-hmm. is improved and the defense may keep them in games, I just think this offense is just going to stall at points. I agree. I mean, I just I think the defense can keep them in some games, but I don't think the offense is going to go out and win itself more than 3 or 4 games. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I know we're not doing record predictions too much right now, but I just I don't see Philadelphia getting out of the top 5 of worse teams, no. uh, which is great, of course, for the Browns because the Browns will probably be right in the conversation for worst team as well, and then they get two picks because if Philadelphia is in there, fantastic for them. And I'm going to get into in a second about, I'm going to break down their schedule a little bit. Not full prediction because I'm not completely sold on every game. This is just a where I'm sitting right now. But I want to throw some comments at you because I had a meaningful, when I say meaningful, this was the be- one of the best YouTube discussions that I've had in a comment section in a long time. Usually I try to stay out of the comment section because it's a bunch of uh, Ricky, you're an idiot, followed by some people Naturally. Go- following by some people giving me some good what's up, what's ups, which I always like to hear what's up, what's up, guys. But Matt Williams, Matthew Williams, I'm calling him Matt. He might like Matthew. He's an Eagles fan, and I'm going to give you some of the stuff that he says, and I want you to respond to it because I already gave him my two cents on it. He thinks the Eagles can be a 7-9 and team, and this is where I'm going to pick up what he was saying. He said, the defense took a massive leap. They have one of the best safety duos. 
The linebackers are really solid and are pretty young. And the defensive line looks so much better. The wide receivers are only getting better because Matthews is now the number one and Randall is a good compliment. And Nelson, didn't know if he spelled it right, he did, looks like he is getting better. The offensive line improved, got deeper, and two great rookies. And sure, Bradford isn't the great, but he's going to do better with a new head coach. Carson Wentz is everything goes planned, can sit out a year, or most almost all of it, and he could become an amazing quarterback in the future. Well, I think the, the key for the future is Carson Wentz should sit out the whole year. Mm-hmm. Rain or shine, he should not be there. Uh, Sam Bradford, this is the last year in his contract. Right? He's gone after this year. Yeah. Uh, He wanted to get traded at first. He did. He did. And then immediately realized, oh, wait a minute. Nobody wants my contract? Mm -hmm. I'm good. I'll stay. It's okay. Uh, Sam Bradford's got to play the whole whole time. Or let let Chase go out there and have a little bit of fun. Um, You got to let Carson just sit and learn. The pressure's going to be there. Run around Russell Russell Wilson style, some uh, schoolyard bullshit. Exactly. Go in the backyard, play some football. (laughs) Now, Jordan Matthews, uh, Nelson Aguilar, you know, Ruben Randall. Mm -hmm. Ruben Randall to me is that guy who... Ruben Randall or Wuben Randall? Wuben Randall's... Wuben Randall. That guy to me who just... He benefited from being on a good team. Mm-hmm. And he benefited from having a good from quarterback. From elite Manning, the yeah. greater of the Manning brothers. Well, they're equal now. <laughs> equal Manning out there. However, well, mm-hmm. I guess you could say for both of them, both of them knew how to beat Tom Brady. They did. They're real, yeah. Manning brothers are really good at beating Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> especially equal Manning. Yeah, so, he's 2-0, and 100%. Yeah. Right there, Sean. Makes it really complicated. Unlike his brother, equal Manning was not 2-0 and against Tom and Brady. <laughs> Tom and Brady. I'm, I'm throwing everything in here. Going to switch to Game of Thrones mode. Anyways, so Ruben Randall is not a guy who I truly believe in. Fortunately, he can be a number three wide receiver. He doesn't need to be that great. Jordan Matthews is that interesting one where he doesn't seem like he should be a number one wide receiver. Yet he keeps, he's proven mm-hmm. himself. He really does. So you kind of, at this point, you have to give him some respect. I agree with that for sure. Um, what really, he talks about the defense. And, and I mean, sure, the defense isn't as bad as I think we're going to make it out to seem. But still, they gave up like 27 points a game last year. I can't ignore that. I really can't. And Jim Schwartz, Jim Schwartz is a guy who encourages players to be aggressive, mm-hmm. which is nice. He encourages them to be ruthless, which is nice. He enc- encourages them to stomp on the opposing quarterback's face, and which is sue. not as nice. No. I'm sure he didn't nice actually encourage that. But I just don't believe that this team that already was giving up a shit ton of points and letting opposing offenses stay on the field, now with Jim Schwartz out there, I don't really believe that that's going to make that opposing team point total go down much further. Mm -hmm. And this offense just isn't built to compete like that. They're not the New York Giants. They're not going to win shootouts. Sam Bradford can put up some good games every now and then, but I don't think they're going to do it. And I think that they have to play a lot of really good teams. This whole division does, but they have to play a lot of really good teams. And Sam Bradford and Chase Daniel, they're not going to go and they're not going to do it. Here's how I see it. You re- you ready for me to break this down for you, Marky boy? Marky Mark? I'm willing to see it. Okay. Here's how I see the division. Cowboys, 
0-2 right away. I'm giving both of those games to the Cowboys right now. The Giants, I could possibly see a split. So right there out of those two teams, you're seeing a 1-3 record right now. The Redskins, eh, I'm going to say not a chance right now. Maybe 0-2 with that too. So, okay, now you're what? Not 1-3, you're 1-5 in the division, which ain't good. Then you got to play the NFC North. That's a 1-3. You're only beating the Lions. So now that 1-5 that you have but it is, is a 2-8. But Detroit, eight. though. Yeah, eh, I'll give you a win over the Lions. You're, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but you're at 2-8 right now. Yeah, 2-8 right now. Then you got to play the AFC North. This is tricky. The Browns week one, it'll probably be a win. But here's the thing, though. RG3 will actually be healthy game one. And that's why I say it's that's tricky. What's that tough. Browns game is tricky, but I'm going to give it to the Eagles. The Ravens, to me, is the bigger question mark because what kind of a Ravens team are we going to see this year? I'm going to put them. It's at, at two, the end of the season gonna, too. You don't know what shape they're still going to be in. I'm going to put them at two and two right now. This could change when I get to my prediction video, but right now, fine. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt right now, just to give you some wins. So you have one and five in the division. Plus your one and three from the NFC North gives you two and eight. Plus your two and two from the AFC North gives you four wins on the season. So you are right now sitting at four and ten with two games left. You have played fourteen of your sixteen games, and you are sitting there at four and ten. Your last two games, Atlanta and Seattle. Fucking don't even think about beating Seattle because you got to go into Quest Field into the twelfth man. That's a loss, 4-11. and 11. Atlanta? Yeah, sure, you can beat them, but if you beat them, you're 5-11. and 11. Is that really a good season? Yeah, you didn't get the first pick, maybe. Yeah, is that but it really, doesn't matter. You were going to have it is, anyways, it, is so. that re, Is that really a good season? Is 5-11 no. and 11 really a good season to you? No, it's not. So may, they might not be the worst, as um, you said in your article on MVP.com. They're in the running for worst team. However... Five and eleven is not something to be happy about. Like I, I, uh-huh. I, I'm not completely sold on Matt's seven and nine, nine and seven. No, prediction. I'm not either. I mean, is it possible? Sure. Well, anything's possible. But well, KG told me so. I wouldn't say anything. Yeah. Kevin Garnett um, told me so, man. But I, I think really this team is most likely at three or four wins, mm-hmm. and it's just. It's not like they're doing things wrong. It's just that they really had to restart and mm-hmm. kind of had to change some things. And they got this young quarterback that they traded the farm for, but he's not going to be ready this year. He might not be ready next year. I mean, he should start next year for sure. But he's not ready right now. It's just it's it's a little bit of a ways away. And then I'm going to go a little bit second level on it. So let's take that 5-11 and 11 record right now. Based on last year's draft, that puts you between either – Fifth, sixth, or seventh in the NFL draft. If we take that range, that five and eleven range since twenty eleven, that's either five, six, seven, or eighth. So we add that eighth pick. That's where you'd be sitting for a Cleveland Browns draft pick mm-hmm. if you were five and eleven. Then I look at it and some of those wins I gave you, because you could have some games like the Patriot game mm-hmm. last year for the Eagles. Yeah, you could win some. But let's go to the other side because that's how I am with this team. Let's look at for the sure. negative side. That Giants win I gave you, that Atlanta win I gave you, and that Raven game I gave you. Could go either way. Let's say those are losses. Boom, you're sitting at a 2-14 and 14 team. And the reason why I bring up those three for sure is the Giant win was the home game, which is second half of the season. Those 
three games, all second halfers, could be games that Carson Wentz starts because Bradford gets injured or the pressure's on to start Carson Wentz halfway through the season and you lose those games. Now you're a 2-14 and 14 team that's number one in the NFL draft. Yeah, if you're coming out of if you're honestly if you're coming out of that bye and things are not going well, there might be some calls for some change. I know they've got mm-hmm. a little bit of an earlier bye here, but there might be some people saying, "Hey, we did draft him second overall. We did trade everything we had to get him. Why isn't he playing? I want to see him play." So it really is up to this coaching staff to remain strong, to have that vision and say, this no, is what we, we want to do. going to start him this season. Exactly. They need to be able to do that. Uh, but, of course, you know what? Preseason changes everything. He's not outperforming anybody right now, but if he starts outperforming in the preseason when it's actually, you know, when they actually got some pads on mm-hmm. and there's an opposing team out there, of course he's going to play a bunch of backups, but <laughs> he starts doing well, they might think about, hey, let's move him up a roster spot. Or depth chart spot, I should say. Okay, we've spent a ton of time on the Eagles, probably a little more than we should have. Let's move on into the Washington Redskins. We don't want to make any Redskin fans angry again because, you know, the last time we talked about the Redskins was the, uh, I believe we titled it Josh Norman signing, Are You Fucking Kidding Me? And Redskin Nation nearly shit their pants at that video. Um, Some of the big news from the free agent market, Pierre Thomas no longer there. RG3 is now in Cleveland. You have Terrence Knighton is now with the New England Patriots. And Goldson is now nowhere because you cut him. Guys, you're bringing in two guys from Denver. Vernon Davis is now coming over. You got Davis Barton Jr. coming over. You got Terrence Garvin coming over from the Steel City. You've got Kendall Reyes coming over. And then in the draft, you're big. Yeah, you get Kendall Fuller. The guy that I love because he comes out of my second favorite college team in Virginia Tech. He's the brother of, uh, crap, I can't remember his first name. He's on the Bears. Is it Kyle, Kyle Fuller? Yep. Kyle Fuller, who's on the Bears. You also get Sua Cravens, who's a good safety. Well, safety slash linebacker. That's what he played in college with the Trojans of Southern Cal. But your big one, wide receiver, first-round pick, Josh Doxson, the guy that I believe they traded up a pick to go ahead and get that was their guy that they wanted. And Kirk Cousins, he's the big guy. I want to talk about him first. Him, we'll hit him, then Josh Norman, then whatever we feel fit for this Redskin team. Kirk Cousins, he's going to be playing on a $19 million franchise tag. He reportedly denied a contract offer from the Redskins, which would have kept him long-term at an average salary of about $16 million. What are you expecting from Curdy Cousins this season, and do you like that? Uh, no, I never liked that. I never liked it from the first time <laughs> he said it. Uh, you know, the, I, I don't remember who said this the other day, but I, I appreciated the way they said it, that they said that Kirk Cousins should be everybody's favorite quarterback right now Mm -hmm. because he's such an underdog. Yep. He really is. But he's not. And he keeps proving himself. But no, no, he's really not everybody's favorite quarterback. Um, Here's my thing about Kirk Cousins. I think he had many opportunities to prove himself and did not Mm -hmm. fail to do so every opportunity he had until last year, which makes me think that is not the real Kirk Cousins. The real Kirk Cousins is the one who fails to prove himself. Mm -hmm. That's the real deal. Not this one that we have right now. And I think what what Washington did is smart. 
Washington said, we're not willing to give you that big chunk of money that you want. We'll give you this big chunk of money because we're, we are curious enough. We are curious enough to see what you really are made out of. Next season, we'll do it. We gave you another option because Jordan Reed, the tight end, that was his wide receiver last year. Mm-hmm. He threw to he got eleven touchdowns last year. He he had the uh, besides of course Rob Kronkowski had the most touchdowns. Actually, they tied. Had the most touchdowns in the NFL for tight ends. And they even went out and tried to get him another wide receiver target in Josh Doxson. Mm-hmm. Exactly, well, and that's, that's what they're trying to do. Well, and that's also a move because you have Deshaun Jackson. I believe he's on the last year. Of his contract, Pierre Garçon is in the long term. Mm-hmm. I think both of them are actually on their um, contract years. I'm gonna have to look that up, but that was a move to try to get them, get him, I should say, a number one wide receiver on yeah. top of Jordan Reed. But well, they're they're doing what they need to do. Uh, here's the thing about the Washington Redskins last year. Yeah, they had some success, but they really were just kind of an average team, mm-hmm. average defense. Average offense, you know, the the passing attack was a little bit better, but the rushing attack was bad, mm-hmm. and, and that's a that's gonna be a key part we haven't touched yet. But they have to do something in the running game. They're running; they could they were just bad. The running attack was was not good last year. They have to do something better. So with this team here, they they have to get something going. They're trying to it. You know, they're trying to do it. They're trying to get all these pieces for Kirk Cousins. Colt McCoy's back there, and he's not going to be anything that you want to to see actually taking mm-hmm. the field. So, do I think he proves himself? No, I think he's going to prove that he's just an average quarterback. I still think the Washington Redskins compete for this division. Hey, man, don't forget they uh, they picked up a sixth round quarterback in Nate Sudfield from Indiana to try to uh, maybe them be the future. Uh, maybe be the future if Kirk Cousins decides to leave. But it, I no, um, <laughs> no, just shut up, Ricky. It's not that's not doing anything for him. Uh, you know, I, I just think that Kirk Cousins is just mm-hmm. an average quarterback who's going to underperform. That's what he is. He's right now. I would say he kind of sits in that. Oh, I I kind of want to. I if I'm looking at the Colin Cowherd tiers of quarterback, I want to put him in tier five. I want to put him. That's in what the uh, fool's I believe. Gold. That's what Cowherd put yeah. him in. I want him in that fool's gold where. He's he's not your answer. However, I could maybe put him in tier three. I'm not putting him in tier four because he's not a future. He's not a could be star. He's uh, probably not never going to be a star or a fool's gold. I'd put him more in that fool's gold. But the one thing I did look at, Pierre Garçon is a free agent after this year. Deshaun Jackson could be, but he's got a club option that the team could accept for next year. So mm-hmm. they're most likely going to lose Pierre Garçon at the end of this year, and Doxon will take on the role of either number one or number two. They could lose both of them, though, this year. But the second big signing that they did, well, you know, I, Kirk Cousins wasn't a signing, so you should say the biggest signing they did was after the whole tender uh, fiasco happened, in Carolina, and Carolina took back their franchise tender of Josh Norman. Mm. The Redskins swooped in and got him, and now he's a part of the Redskins, which boosts their defense, but is it enough to keep them as the best team in the NFC least? You know, that's such a such a bitter high school girlfriend move of the of the Carolina Panthers. Oh, to be well, like, you, you don't want to stay with me? Yeah. Well, I guess we're gone. Fuck it. Well, Get no, out of here. Hey, I want you back so badly. Please come here. 
And then there's a no, 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 I'm not going to do it. Okay, fine, I'll do it. Well, no, no, I don't want you. You know what? You said no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one step on top of that. Josh Norman was the girl who lets her parents do all the talking. Yeah. What was the big thing? The big thing was who was doing all the talking for Josh Norman? His agent. Josh Norman didn't know what was going on in those meetings. How mm-hmm. would he know? He's the girlfriend that was letting the parents do all the talking until the boyfriend said, fuck it, I'm out of here. This 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 fucking bracelet or ring that I have on the table, fuck that. I'm taking it back. I'll give it to somebody else. Yeah, I just think that I, I don't think this was the best move Josh Norman could have made. I, I really no, don't. No, the best move was staying in Carolina. For sure. Um, both, you know, Carolina definitely has is feeling the loss with Josh Norman. But Josh Norman, as good as he was last year and as good as he is, I think a lot of that is playing on that Carolina defense. I mean, you got Charles Tillman out there. You got Luke Keekley out there mm-hmm. uh, who are, well, I mean, you know, one of them just retired in Tillman. But you have absolute stars out there. Josh Norman, no wonder he's going to be a star. It's like how anybody can be a star on the Seattle Seahawks defense because everyone else there is so good as well. Well, and it's like the point I brought up in the comment section on that video is um, Brandon Browner. Yeah, he was shit in Philly, but now coming back to that team, he's going to be fine because they don't need him to be great. They just need him to fit the system. Exactly. And Josh Norman, he's not in that situation where he just needs to fit a system or he's got mm-hmm. all that great supporting cast. Now, Josh Norman does, you know, he does take care of a lot out there and he's going to be great. He's going to do wonderful things, but it's not going to be as good as it was in Carolina. So you definitely see some fall off in that. But at the same time, it does make the defense better. We're just not great. You know, it's just not a mm-hmm. team that's great. If the Dallas Cowboys were at full health last year, they would have been the division winners. They would have probably only won 10 games, mm-hmm. but they would have been the division winners last year. Washington, I don't know. Maybe they still would have gotten a wild card spot. I'd have to look at everybody's records last yeah. year and know for sure, but that's fine. It's just that it's not like all of a sudden the Washington Redskins are this amazing team Mm -hmm. that I think a lot of people want to suddenly think that the Washington Redskins are Super Bowl contenders. I I don't think anyone's really truly believes that, but that's the kind of the discussion that a lot of people are having of all these don't count out the Washington Redskins. Kirk Cousins is a real quarterback now, and they drafted a wide receiver, so they're good to go. They're ready, and that's really not the case. This is a team that... I don't really know exactly where to put them. They could go anywhere from seven wins to ten wins. They really could. It kind of really is going to fall onto how is Josh uh, Doxson going to do? Is he going to be a very reliable target? Uh, is Jordan mm-hmm. Reed going to play as well as he was playing last year? And Kirk Cousins, is he an actual quarterback? No, my big one is Kirk Cousins. Can he replicate? Because it's kind of like that that saying where it's like, okay, do it like – what is it? You do it once, it's locked. Okay, two times, you're good. Three times, then it becomes a trend or something like that. I, I don't know what that one is. I always say that, uh, you know, one time's a fluke, two times is a coincidence, That's three it. times is a pattern. That's what I'm looking for. That third time, we need to get there. You're not that pattern yet. Right now, if you only have last year and this year's a dud, then you're a fluke. Exactly. We, we got to get you to that pattern. Show me that you're a pattern and not a fluke. Fortunately for Washington, this is another 
contract year for Kirk Cousins. So he's got to go out there and he's got to prove himself. Because if he doesn't, if he does not do very well, if this team well, wins six I games, the, I believe the Redskins out. could tender him again. Well, they could, but I'm saying it's a contract year in and, the sense. But it would be at a higher price and quarterbacks yeah. get paid. Well, that, 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 he that has money to, is skyrocketing. He has to perform well. In mm-hmm. order to earn that contract, and yeah. players want to perform well, so they got the, Washington has that going in their favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he doesn't do well, they just say, "All right, see ya. We'll draft somebody." And then somebody like Denver will pick him up. Could be, could be, because right now I'm trying to think what Denver maybe Chip Kelly picks him up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Chip Kelly. They're it depends. Need, they're going to need a quarterback. It looks like. I don't know, man. Blaine Gabbert. Yo, Yo Gabba Gabba. Exactly. Yo Gabba Gabba. And, and, and for Denver, it really depends on because they drafted. Uh, They've got Paxton Lynch. I forgot yeah. about him. But, I mean, I don't know. Is that uh, anything is real? Is he going to be doing anything? I mean, he could be better than Carson Wentz and uh, uh, Jared Goff, but we've got to see that Probably the not, field. though. Really, it's all just a bunch of suck. Yeah, it's a bunch of, eh, whatever. You got a, you got a rookie quarterback, but. Before we uh, wrap this one up, put a nice bow on it. Uh, I guess we had to give our dis- our division uh, predictions, right? That's yeah. usually what we do at the end of these. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to go first. Uh, go ahead, this knock is something out. that I usually don't do. Usually, what I do is, oh, Mark, uh, blah 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 blah. Divisional previews. Uh, Have wh- fun. Who, who who do you got? But yeah, to me, it's the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Cowboys make the playoffs, and they're the only team to make the playoffs. That means they're going to win the division because you guys know me. If you guys have been listening to our NFC previews all. Off season, I got three playoff teams from the North, so that means there's not enough room for the G-Men, the Eagles, or the Redskins. If I had to put them in order right now, I'm probably thinking Cowboys, Giants, Redskins, Eagles. That's how I got to do it. So this one's tough for me. Uh, Dallas, by you know, far and away, they they've got this division. If they can stay healthy, they got to stay a healthy. Big question. If they stay healthy, they got this division. Worst team is the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, anyways, to to get to this next part, it's the Giants and the Washington Redskins. Mm-hmm. I really don't know where to put these. Who's going to slow Either one of these second? teams is going to be, you know, anywhere from 8 to 10 wins, mm-hmm. possibly even an 11th win. Uh, if, you know, one of these quarterbacks really, really has a great year. That puts them in competition with Seattle. It puts them in competition with Green Bay. Ricky wants to put the Bears in there, of course. You know, it puts them in the competition with a lot of these teams competing for that wild card spot, whether it's five or six. NFC is going to be packed this year, man. It is going to be jam packed for those two. I really slots. think not much changes. Two out of the NFC West, two out of the NFC North, and then East and South both get their division winners. Mm-hmm. Pretty typical. Um, but honestly, if Washington and Kirk Cousins can prove he's the real deal, or if this buying of a defense works out for the New York Giants, they they might steal this six wild card spot from Green Bay. Mm-hmm. They could potentially do it. And I know that a lot of people just got really mad at me and they're yelling at me at the Mark Weber on Twitter, but I think they can do it. If I'm not, gonna, I, I'm not going to knock Seattle out. I wouldn't mind it. I'm not knocking Seattle out of the playoffs. Green Bay is the one that's going to probably get knocked out. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't mind that because, like I said earlier in this podcast, fuck the Packers, right? But uh, before I put a nice bow on this, you got anything else? Uh, you, you, you anything else you feel like we missed in this one? Um, anything I feel like we missed? No, I mean I, I think the only thing that 
from this division that I'm still we kind of touched on it, but I really am interested to see with JPP uh, just how he's going to perform mm-hmm. if it's you know he he's had this full off season now to really prepare himself being you know with I don't remember how many fingers he has on that hand anymore, but I'm just very curious because I really like JPP as a player and I want to see him still do well. Well, that's going to do it for the onside kick this week. Thank you guys for checking it out. If you're on SoundCloud, hit that repost and heart button. If you're on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button. Our Twitters are down below in the description. Let us know down below in the comment section about anything we talked about on this podcast. If you want to help us out by more than hitting the subscribe button, go ahead and check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Just another way to support the channel. Make sure to stay tuned. We're going to be coming out with our season predictions soon as we get through our previews and go into prediction season. Stay tuned because we're going to have a Madden 17 giveaway with those predictions, and we're going to tell you how you can win that in just a couple of days. I want to thank you guys again for checking out this podcast, and as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.